is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good morning. Welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And today, in a world where lighter, stronger, and faster are still regarded as commodities, companies that manufacture products made of carbon composites have actually changed the game, particularly when it comes to improving performance in a variety of other business segments, uh, from sports to automotive and aerospace technology. And one company that is leading the way to improved performance, particularly in the automotive arena, is ESE Carbon. And I'm pleased to have as my guest today Blake Sanchez, the Vice President of Engineering at ESE Carbon. He is a mechanical engineer and physicist and could also be considered a modern-day alchemist. Welcome to the Business Hour, Blake. Thank you, Ron. Uh, Blake, uh, let's start off with a a very basic, broad-brush overview of of ESE Carbon. I I know that one uh, popular product is an automotive uh, uh, wheel, but that uh, ESE Carbon... Uh, is capable of manufacturing a broad array uh, of products, but uh, let's uh, have you offer an overview of the way that uh, uh, ESE positions itself in the marketplace and maybe talk a little bit about uh, current uh, uh, products, but also maybe even mention uh, areas that uh, you are looking at uh, because I know that as the world and I do mean the entire world, uh, particularly the developed countries, um, do more and more uh, research and development on lightweight, strong materials. Uh, you guys seem to be perfectly positioned to uh, move into a lot of different markets. Sure. So uh, ESC uh, Industries was founded with the simple goal of making carbon fiber more accessible, uh, finding a way that we can produce an engineered material like carbon fiber uh, at a lower cost, higher volume, higher throughput, which has typically been the limiting factor for getting carbon fiber into any market space aside from aerospace. Um, so they started off with the goal just based on the science, started with a, with a good concept and brought in the, uh, the necessary strengths in engineering, such as myself and other people, uh, to develop that goal into a process that they called uh, the NGAP uh, process, which is next-generation autoclave processing. Um, so we do currently have a process that is done inside of an autoclave, which in, in the carbon fiber world, the word autoclave means uh, high-quality, um, high-density, good carbon fiber. Um, so we've we've been on the way up into the market space, and the automotive was the first uh, the big target with the big red dot on it with the with the wheels. Very high visibility, very difficult geometries to create, uh, and there's not very many other people in the world that can do that. Um, so w- we finally arrived at the level where we were able to produce wheels. Uh, ESCCarbon.com is where you can see some of our products. Uh, but outside of the wheel space, um, the rest of the automotive chassis components, structural components, uh, large transportation, uh, aerospace itself, um, building materials, industrial products, consumer products. I mean, anything that has uh, that could see a gain in weight savings, uh, either through efficiency or through just ease of use. Uh, imagine furniture that just weighs uh, nothing. You can move it around the house yourself or uh, building materials that are a third of the weight, uh, but just as strong. Buildings could be three times taller. Um, geometries and buildings that you haven't been able to see before because these structural members are, are lighter weight. Um, 
I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, especially with engineered material. Yeah, there's no no, no question about it. I, I, I really do see the uh, the potential for um, thousands and thousands or even millions of different products. And uh, I'm wondering, because in many cases, the, the strength-to-weight ratio uh, over some metals is, is actually improved, um, can... Uh, houses be built uh, or other um, structural um, edifices uh, like larger buildings um, be built um, uh, to be as rigid as you want? Can you build in uh, flexibility? And I know we're getting a little bit off here early in the program, but I, you know, the question does come to mind, and I do have this impression that um, uh, there might be a, a, a subtle flexibility factor if you choose to have it. Is that something that could be engineered it, into a product? It is an engineered material. So just in the processing, uh, the infusion of its its two components, it's a thermoset plastic resin and strands of carbonized fiber. Uh, carbon itself is kind of like a shoestring. You can pull on it, and it's got a lot of tensile strength, but in any other direction, it's weak. So when we engineer a product for a specific loading scenario, like an application like a wheel, um, the complication in the engineering is how do we orient the fiber so that we have strength in the directions that that we need it and flexibility in the directions that we also want. Uh, and you can change s- simple uh, variables like resin density, the type of resins we use. We, we typically either use like a phthalated um, uh, resin or an epoxy, which is most common. Um, there's other resin uh, options that are more stiff or more flexible. Uh, there's even other fiber options like aramid fiber or even nylon or Kevlar to give you a little bit more stretch and flexibility. Um, but essentially, we can look at an application and say, I want X amount of flex, I want X amount of stiffness or hardness or resistance to scratching or, or uh, even impact resistance and, and actually engineer the material specifically for the application. You know, it brings to mind, this is uh, also somewhat tangential, but on one occasion um, I, I got to meet the, the uh, president of Velcro USA some years back. I was out at uh, Milliken, and uh, as you know and as many listeners know, I, I work on uh, advertising uh, and marketing uh, communications projects, and I was out uh, overseeing uh, the executive producer on a uh, video that uh, was... Uh, looking at uh, some of the research and development at Milliken in Spartanburg. And uh, the Velcro USA people happened to be there at the same time. Um, And I had really never given any thought uh, to the application of the hooks and loops in that process. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, when you think about uh, uh, hooks and, and, and loops... Um, they were using um, uh, a substrate material to um, uh, attach fabric uh, t- to automobile seats. In fact, they had a similar market. Uh, uh, a- a- it was both American automobile manufacturers and the European automobile manufacturers. And one of the intents was to produce this this uh, this piece to show to um, the Europeans, uh, the folks at Mercedes-Benz and BMW and Peugeot and Renault and um, and he, we had this enlightening discussion about just how you, how much flexibility into engineering that product there can be. I was not aware of how much Velcro was used, for example, in the space shuttle, but he said, "Yeah, we can make stainless steel hooks and loops 
So, in, in essence, we can make this product as strong as you need it to be. And uh, if you don't want to pry it apart, you won't. But we can engineer into it the degree uh, uh, of, uh, of, of strength required to, to, to pull a section apart. He said, in fact, the entire dashboard of the space shuttle was held on by, by Velcro and that they were looking at uh, holding on heat shields uh, with, with uh, Velcro. So uh, that just opened up my mind and transferring that, that notion of engineering uh, uh, a, um, uh, a strength, if you will, or a flexibility, if you were, versus a rigidity into something like a carbon composite. I just see uh, many, many, many uh, possibilities that you must see in, in much greater detail because uh, you're the guy that's called upon uh, to help uh, a customer or a prospective customer uh, determine whether or not you can create something uh, uh, for them. Um, it, it brings to mind you, that old adage that if you build a better mousetrap, uh, people will beat a path to your door. And in this case, is. Um, I think there are very few innovations that have advanced a society more than the wheel. And uh, you mentioned a moment ago um, the difficult geometry and the complexity of a wheel. Tell us a little bit about that. I never thought about the wheel representing uh, difficult uh, geometry. Sure. Um, so if you can imagine in, in plastic molding, um, you've got uh, two halves of a mold that open up, and, and, and when they close, you inject plastic, and it cools, and then you've got a hard plastic piece. It's it's not far off from the way that carbon fiber is, is infused um, in, in infusion processes. So I've got to have a tool that can be opened. Uh, and if you imagine the geometry of a wheel, the barrel of the wheel has lips to keep your tire on so it doesn't fall off the wheel. And then you've also got interior features and front face features. So just to get metal on all the faces of a wheel, you've got a, your tools have to be quite complex. Uh, whereas if I was making wing sections or even I-beams or more flat geometries, um, our tooling would get a lot simpler. Um, so so that's, that's one of the reasons why co- when you see carbon fiber in aerospace, it's usually um, large sweeping sections, uh, panels, uh, structural members that are kind of mirror images based on a hemisphere. Um, so it's, it's a nice, easy, it, it demolds easy. Um, the, the tooling is a lot simpler. Or even uh, vacuum bags are used often in, in the industry. Uh, it's where you only care about one side, and you put one side down in the tool, and then you put a bag on the back, and you don't really care about the back side, um, which is not true in a wheel. Now, you must work uh, in turn with um, uh, suppliers that um, supply some of the technology that you utilize, like the autoclave uh, system um, that you use uh, to make a product which is uh, in and of itself uh, innovative. Are, are some of these uh, uh, manufacturing um, products that you use uh, also on the on the leading edge of technology? They are. Uh, the resin system that we use um, was custom built for our application. Um, and any time that we look at a new application, one of the biggest enemies of carbon fiber is temperature. Uh, you can imagine on the high-end sports cars with the biggest brake calipers that can fit inside the barrel and carbon ceramic brakes generate a lot of heat. Um, and that's the one, dis- if there was a disadvantage to carbon, it would be uh, temperature resistance. Uh, because it is a thermoset plastic, eventually it will melt. 
Um, so finding ways to either protect the laminate from high heat exposure or raise the temperature that it can it can withstand with different additives to the resin, stuff like that, uh, is how we, we make a product that can handle uh, certain applications, even racing applications. That's where you get the most heat. The, the average economy car is not going to generate too much heat. But uh, a McLaren with a large diameter wheel and large ceramic brakes is going to put out tons of heat. Yeah, and, and, and you know, most of us um, really wouldn't have given a lot of thought to the heat that's generated um, uh, in the wheel area. Uh, we, we would think about the tire itself, you know, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, uh, and braking, but not so much the wheel. Um, it's interesting that, uh, that that's something that has to be factored in when you're uh, designing a wheel. Um, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, how you've uh, contributed to the innovation of uh, stronger, lighter wheels at ESE Carbon. We're here with Blake Sanchez, the Vice President of Engineering at ESE Carbon. We'll be right back after this break. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Blake Sanchez, the Vice President for Engineering at ESE Carbon. And ESE Carbon is a carbon composites manufacturer that uh, produces, uh, at least currently, a high-profile product, and that is a uh, carbon composite wheel, um, which is a lighter, stronger uh, wheel, and we were talking about um, the complexity of something that a lot of us would view as the simple wheel, and it's and it's not really so. Um, uh, one point that I made is that uh, there are few um, products in the history uh, of the evolution of, of society that has contributed more to uh, the advancement of society in various forms, but going back to uh, early carts where they used uh, solid wood 
and then they would have added spokes, and then uh, possibly metal was the next stage where they improved the life of the wheel uh, with metal on the uh, outside uh, circumference of the wheel, and then and then the automobile was invented, and I think they used uh, uh, wood and then metal primarily uh, as the spokes and, and hub for uh, for the uh, uh, tires, which eventually went, uh, and which must have gone from solid rubber to inflatable, and then. Uh, steel was invented, and uh, and in the last half century or so, uh, or or even the entire century, wheels um, were made with uh, with metal, and then those metals became lighter. We had aluminum and magnesium, uh, and and that brings us to uh, the use of uh, uh, carbon fiber. I, uh, that's a crude uh, sort of overview of the evolution of of wheels, but. Um, uh, it happens to be a product that is never, probably ever, going to go out of style and use. Uh, and so making lighter, stronger wheels is probably uh, really important to currently performance-oriented vehicles because they're expensive. And in a moment, we'll get into uh, why it is that your product happens to be a little more cost-effective than other um carbon composite wheels but also uh, more uh, cost competitive than some of the uh, exotic uh, wheels that are made of of metal Um, and and let's just talk about that for a moment Um, why is it that there are uh, uh, 10 to 20 to 30 thousand dollar wheels out there and uh, and your, your product which comes in at a mere fraction of that uh, actually uh, provides uh, the, the strength uh, and um, durability. Um, why do people want a, a, a twenty or $30,000? Is it, is it aesthetics? Is there some engineering advantage? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So when you tell a, a race car driver that you're going to cut the wheel weight even by a few pounds... Um, their eyes light up because the it, it typically in their mind counts threefold because uh, you're reducing the overall weight of the car, uh, you're reducing the rotational mass that has to be accelerated and decelerated by the motor, so your your motor doesn't have to do as much work, and you're reducing the load on the suspension um, because you can imagine a wheel bouncing when you hit a bump in the road, the the suspension is what catches it from flying up into the car, um, so. This those those three advantages, especially in a performance application, can mean uh, half second on a turn, or, or uh, I mean seconds in an entire lap, which is just going to be is a huge deal uh, in racing uh, when everybody has a very similar vehicle. And and um, one of the ways that's going to translate into uh, the advantages for uh, uh, non-competitive uh, racing cars, uh, you know, just your uh, run-of-the-mill. Um, car on the street is probably uh, improved gas mileage, I would imagine. Yeah, fuel efficiency is a big deal, especially in uh, in large transportation, uh, which is one of the markets that we're after. Um, one of the big challenges in carbon fiber uh, in the automotive world is they, they tend to call it black steel. So the, the initial approach on a wheel was to take an existing design of a steel wheel and just replicate it in carbon which isn't really a fair comparison because uh, the strength profile on the carbon is a little stronger than, than per- perhaps the steel or the aluminum that we're comparing to, and then the strength-to-weight ratio. So if, if I can redesign the wheel the way that we have to take advantage of the strength 
the strengths and weaknesses of the material. Um, my spokes are a little different than, than a traditional spoke. They're not solid. They're hollow in the back. Uh, the curvatures of the wheels are all intentional um, because we've got to handle the stress of the loading of the wheel just being on the car uh, and, and orient it in a way that I'm using the advantage of the fiber. Um, but uh, in, in, in a large application like a truck, uh, like a large truck, just in wheels, you're talking 18 wheels. That's a, that's a lot of weight, um, even if I save them five pounds a wheel. Um, and then the chassis itself, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of hard to look at just one component. Like if you let me change the bumper on your car, it's going to make your car a little lighter, but what's the real performance advantage? It's still an, an expensive material. But if I can change the entire chassis, um, all the structural components in the car, your motor can get smaller because you don't have to move as much mass. Your brakes can get smaller. Your tires can get lighter. Uh, we can improve the overall efficiency of the system of the vehicle uh, and, and very likely come out, uh, e- if not ahead, even with your cost-effectiveness of traditional materials. You know, and I had never really given it any thought, but, uh, you know, uh, the tires, uh, including wheels on a car, are, are one of the heaviest components these days. I also had not given any thought until you just mentioned it, uh, what it requires uh, uh, to start up. To you know the the inertia um, uh, involved in 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 getting a, a, an eighteen wheeler moving yep. uh, has got to be significant, um, and that's got to be uh, related to a lot of uh, fuel consumption, starting and stopping. Um, can uh, these benefits be transferred to uh, aerospace uh, wheels as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, aerospace has already got composite materials. Um, they're not using it in the wheels just because there hasn't been. Uh, you can imagine the landing a, a 747 or a 777 aircraft on a runway with, with only 8 or 10 wheels is a lot of force on one wheel. Right. Um, so I would imagine that's probably going to be one of the last places you see carbon fiber wheels just because of the amount of abuse those take. It's going to be uh, a while before the market is comfortable with composites in that application. But already in the wing spars, um, structural components of, I mean, the new 777, um, is a lot of the, the plane is already made of composite. Um, so aer- aerospace is an easy easy target. It's a little bit harder entry, for especially for a younger company like us. But um, aerospace is a big one. Industrial applications as well. Um, I want to get into some uh, industrial application um, possibilities in, in here in just a bit. But let me, let me let's go on, on wheels for a moment. Um, can uh, people find... Uh, carbon composite wheels in in, uh, in custom wheel shops uh, yet these days? Not yet. Um, we have two larger competitors in the world. Uh, one of them makes a very expensive car that um, is uh, at a very low quantity, uh, and their wheels are composite, but they only come on the car. You can't buy them individually. And then there is another competitor uh, down in Australia who has currently landed a large OEM contract, which good for them, with uh, Ford. Um that wheel also only comes on that Ford product. Uh, they don't sell direct to consumers, whereas we are initially going after selling straight to the aftermarket. Um, yeah, and uh, my understanding uh, is that the uh, the European uh, manufacturer that uh, uh, has the wheels as part of the uh, the car when you buy it uh, is a mere seven-figure uh, automobile. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> So, uh, and, and also my guess is that uh, from what I've heard, um, the, um, it, it's got to be a very high-performance Ford where um, the wheels are, are a significant uh, cost. We had touched on this a moment ago. 
But how is it that uh, a set of your uh, wheels uh, is a mere $8,000, I'm not mistaken, and that price will, will likely come down? Um, uh, it could go up uh, you know, for a... A, a given customized design, but I would imagine uh, that you, you you know you're working toward making it more and more cost effective, uh, so that it could be used on other than uh, an exotic uh, automobile. But how is it that uh, you can do that when there are uh, those uh, ten and twenty and thirty thousand uh, dollar composites out there? So our process is different from existing technology uh, in that I can do large volumes of products in batches very quickly. Uh, I mean, the traditional f- carbon fiber processes are, are like pre-impregnated material, which has to be uh, typically baked for 12, 15, 17 hours. Um, the larger, higher-pressure HPRTM, which is high-pressure resin transfer molding processes, uh, are, are quite quick, but there's a lot of overhead to get the equipment to do the, the amount of pressure you need on, on, a, on a tool, uh, and then you're only doing one at a time. Uh, whereas we've kind of taken the best of each of these technologies and created our own process that is an autoclave process. And just based on the size of our autoclave, I can do um, a large number of products in one cycle uh, at a very fast pace. Um, so for us to be able to produce 20,000, 80,000 wheels a year uh, doesn't seem that daunting based on our process, whereas if you were to look at that from the other technology standpoints, it would be nearly impossible. One of the, uh, the the factors to consider is is, is, is safety, and, and my understanding is that uh, that's something that you personally and the company ESE Carbon uh, takes very very seriously. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, you uh, are on uh, the committee um, at the Society of American Engineers, if I'm not mistaken, that's that correct. is establishing the standards which don't yet I- exist, and, and yet I have the impression from previous conversations with you that uh, ESE Carbon wants to uh, essentially uh, not just meet but exceed those standards and, 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 and in essence, um, set the standard for um, safety of um, composite um, wheels. Uh, it, it tell me a little bit about that. So the uh, American market is un- unregulated by government. Um, but we, we're self-regulating. So the SAE, Society of American Engineers, is a uh, participated by people in the market. Um, so engineers from all the other leading companies, we all meet together, and I am a member of the committee that's been tasked with coming up with a safety standard specifically for composites. There exist uh, safety standards for all the different material, the, all the other metals, uh, metal, uh, steel, aluminum, magnesium, but there's not one for carbon composites. So going into the market right now, we're going to try to exceed all the all the standards for uh, the most stringent tests for steel, aluminum, and magnesium. Uh, but there does need to be a standard for composites itself. Um, we're in the process of, of coming to agreement with all the other the players involved uh, with a standard that's going to be most appropriate for composites, just because we need to be able to protect from, from different exposures like heat. Um, so how do we test for that? Um, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, um, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the science behind um, why it is that uh, carbon fiber composites um, are so strong um, 
and so light. And so we'll talk a little bit about the science behind uh, the uh, strength-to-weight ratio, which is um, you know at the core of the advantage of a, a carbon composite wheel. We're here with Blake Sanchez, Vice President for Engineering at ESE Carbon. We've been talking about uh, various applications of uh, carbon fiber uh, composites, and we'll talk more about that with Blake right after this break. It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Daryl Pullis, inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we are here with Blake Sanchez, the Vice President for Engineering at ESE Carbon, ESE Carbon and ESE Industries, um, the, the parent group, uh, is a leading manufacturer of carbon fiber uh, products and, and consequently uh, on the leading edge of research and development. Uh, Blake, share with us a little bit of the science behind why it is that carbon fiber is so um, light and strong versus metal, for example, and, and maybe start with how carbon fiber is made. Sure. So when you say carbon fiber, you're actually talking about a composite, and there's there's at least two components in the composite. One of them is the carbon fibers themselves. The other is the substrate resin, uh, plastic essentially, that's supporting the, the the fiber. And the way that the carbon fiber is actually made is you usually start with a fabric fiber like polyacryl. That's a it's a mouthful. Polyacro nitrile. 
strands, and then you superheat them without the presence of oxygen, so you don't get any burning. Uh, but you're carbonizing this fiber to where it, it turns from the fabric that it started with to be 99.99% carbon. Um, those strands, the, just the, the structure of the strands, it gives it a lot of tensile strength as opposed to um, polyester or even steel strings by themselves. Um, those fibers, uh, I, I, like we talked about earlier, are then oriented in the ways that we want to have strength. Um, and then infused with a substrate to where we can hold them in that position. Uh, so typically in a loading scenario, your, your strands are doing the tensile loading and your resin is actually handling the compression. Um, in Formula One racing, the, it was an amazing new advancement in carbon fiber where they figured out kind of if they orient the fibers uh, in a crisscross pattern on the nose cone of a Formula car, they can handle the impact of a crash, a head-on collision into a wall at 200 miles an hour and still protect the driver. You're going to lose the nose cone, but you're going to be able to absorb all that energy before the, the passenger area of the vehicle reaches the wall. Uh, and it, it almost, you can imagine it as an accordion just smashing up uh, and just, just handling all that load. So we can, because it is an engineered material, we can, we can decide how it will fail. Um, because in engineering, everything fails eventually. Um, the, you just want to make sure that 99.99% of the applications don't fail. Uh, so we have to prepare for what failure looks like in an extreme scenario. Um, cr- crash tests, uh, stuff like that. So we can build a more advantageous uh, failure scenario to protect either the vehicle or the passengers. As, as far as you know, um, when major manufacturers like General Motors um, began producing automobiles, and if I'm not mistaken, one of the first uh, American automobiles to utilize fiberglass, um, which, which is in some sense a, 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 a predecessor to carbon fiber um, was the Stingray, the Corvette uh, Stingray. Uh, And I guess, but I'm wondering whether you know, did that um, uh, come from technology that was already being employed uh, on some of the race cars? Were they using uh, uh, fiberglass, certainly on some of the airfoils maybe, uh, uh, and then they sort of transferred that technology to other body parts with a, uh, a Corvette? So composite materials, are, is, it's a fairly old industry. Um, I mean, anytime you take uh, even concrete, so uh, concrete in the roads and in bridges is actually a composite material. Uh, the use of, of rebar inside of the concrete, because concrete's very good at handling compression. Uh, adding the rebar, and you'll see them when they're pouring roads, they've got long lanes of, of steel, uh, just looks like rope. Uh, that gives it some some extra tensile strength so to help resisting f- fracture. Um, a lot of plastics are commonly used. Uh, nylon is often filled with glass fiber, which is very similar to fiberglass. Um, fiberglass itself. Uh, usually those the leading edge where we get to see the technology first is in military applications and aerospace. And space, um, uh, Velcro came from NASA, or came because of NASA. Um, a lot of other materials came because of military needs, uh, or space needs, or aerospace needs. And it would seem to me that, but you can correct me if I'm mistaken. You can mold uh, carbon fiber composites uh, into uh, almost any shape, maybe not uh, 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 as cost-effectively, but uh, 
almost any shape that uh, current uh, injection molded uh, 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 shapes are created? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can imagine that some, some geometries are more difficult than others, like a wheel. Um, if you get into areas where you have to have negative space inside of an area, um, even in plastic molding, that's very difficult. Um, I mean, the plastic guys were able to come up with some, some ingenious ways of actually rolling a mold. It's called uh, blow molding or, or rolling the, the mold to, to just fill certain areas with leaving the inside hollow. Um, that's not easily done with carbon fiber, but there are, there are methods of filling voids where you don't actually need structural material, but you need to fill the space. Um, with things like mandrels or, or materials that we can remove in post. I want to uh, take a moment here to, to, to speculate on, on some of the possibilities for uh, the use of, of, of carbon fiber without giving anything away. Um, my guess is that uh, uh, ESE Carbon and, and, uh, and some of your competitors are, are entertaining lots and lots and lots of possibilities but uh, as a, uh, a, a person of science, as a, as a senior technology person um, who is looking uh, out at the marketplace uh, and uh, you see those, uh, in fact, you must uh, view the world through a different set of eyes, uh, always noticing, you know, we're here in the studio and, and you can see, you know, the plastics that are used uh, in uh, the computers uh, in the headphones, uh, uh, in the microphone assemblies, it's it's everywhere. In the furniture, uh, I wonder if if, if you walk uh, uh, through the world, uh, seeing uh, it through the eyes of a a, uh, a an alchemist is which is the term that I had used before, uh, and. Um, where do you think we might go? You had touched on uh, structures as large as buildings, um, but before we we start seeing carbon fiber buildings, uh, will we see almost entire automobiles, and will we see uh, entire uh, or, or a large percentage of the building materials for uh, uh, airplanes? Uh, and um, maybe even trains? Where, where are we going to go, Blake? Uh, well, typically you, when you do see carbon fiber, um, most people recognize it by that woven pattern. It's, it's, a, it's a good-looking material. It's different than what you traditionally see, um, but it shows its true colors when it's, when it's handling heavy loads. So from a material standpoint, um, and composites are all around us, any application where a lot of loading is going to be used um, and weight savings would be an advantage in that scenario is where we want to be. Um, building materials is a huge one. Uh, anything transfer, anything that moves or anything that flies, uh, even space, um, you're going to have to have s- strong structures in space for, for future space exploration or any, any endeavors in, in asteroid mining, stuff like that. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to get something from the ground into orbit. So if we can reduce that mass, there, uh, aerospace and um, space travel already have started to utilize composite materials. As far as you know, the lunar rover comes to mind as something which uh, needs to be uh, very, very light and isn't subject to some of the same uh, uh, deteriorating factors um, um, like speed from high speed. Um, 
uh, you know, the heat that's generated, uh, that lunar rover is not moving very fast, but it's got to be very light and it's got to be strong and it's got to be able to tip over and still uh, bounce back, yep. uh, so to speak. Um, is as far as you know, is that one of the uh, the areas where they're? Uh, I actually don't know, but uh, I don't think we've put a lunar module out there in a while. I don't think composites were that big when we first landed on the moon. Um, I mean, it's already found in aerospace. Boeing's using using quite a bit of carbon fiber. Um, I think the first place you're going to start visibly seeing it is obviously our wheels. Uh, as they come zooming by and something black is on the wheel instead of uh, traditional shiny metal. Um, but structural parts of especially large transportation, uh, the, the big OEM, the big truck lines are going to benefit the most from the gas savings, uh, just cutting the weight. Even uh, things like a fire truck, uh, when you're limited by the total weight of the vehicle, when you're trying to carry something like water to put a fire out, if I can cut down the weight of the chassis, I can give you a little bit more water. Um, so there, there's tons of applications where light weighting of material, either for efficiency or, or just to get something more out of it. Uh, there's tons of applications. And, and again, I'm, I'm pushing you to to um, to extrapolate a little here. Um, would we see um, structural elements like beams um, before we see uh, external fascia elements on on, on buildings? Uh, would will um, uh, lumber be replaced by, and, and to some extent we're seeing this already, recycled materials that are uh, turned into lumber-like uh, components. Uh, um, um, are we going to see it more internally uh, or externally? Well, everything's uh, everything is a business, so uh, being cost-effective is still a big issue. Um, so currently I don't think we can compete with wood. Um, just because trees grow out of the earth. So that's that's a free resource right there. Um, but uh, one of the big advantages of carbon fiber in, in replacing metal is it doesn't rust. Um, there's nothing to rust in it. Um, so big uh, beam, beam members and bridges and stuff like that would be an excellent application um, and just reducing the cost of i got to carry those beams from A to B to get it on the bridge. Um, you're you're going to save a lot of money there uh, just to be able to carry more beams at one time. Uh, and putting them in place would be easier. Uh, putting them together would be a lot easier as well. One area that we or that I failed to, to, to mention, and uh, so that I could get you to speculate on, uh, is uh, is boats. Uh, I guess bolt bolt hulls uh, have been made with uh, fiberglass for a number of years. Uh, and uh, when we come back um, after the break, uh, I'll have you answer that question. Uh, do you anticipate that we'll see um, uh, bolt uh, holes uh, uh, made of uh, composites uh, and other parts like the um, the entire um, an entire ship? Um, we're here with Blake Sanchez. Um, I've been quizzing him about the uh, uses of carbon fiber composites. Blake is Vice President of Engineering at ESE Carbon, and they currently make uh, a very lightweight, very strong wheel um, that uh, is in the marketplace already. And we'll be back to talk with Blake right after this break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. 
USJF, a non-profit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Blake Sanchez, the Vice President for Engineering at ESE Carbon. ESE Carbon is uh, a manufacturer of light, strong wheels. And as Blake Sanchez pointed out, uh, it's it's a little more complex than one might imagine to design uh, a wheel uh, that can uh, hold up to the wear and tear um, that's involved. And the parent company is he industries which we haven't talked a great deal about uh you know is looking at a, a, a broader range of application for uh carbon composites and before the break i i i asked blake about boats which would seem to be uh a prime candidate since they've been working with fiberglass um i can envision that uh we would see uh, almost entire structures uh, made uh, from carbon fiber, uh, including the, the mast. I remember, uh, you know, hearing that there were. Is it carbon fiber that's being used on masts rather than just a, uh, a a fiberglass? I actually don't know that, but boats is a is a good area. I mean, you can imagine that. Uh, I mean, anything you can cut weight on is going to be a huge advantage. But on a boat, uh, buoyancy uh, and and the ability to not tip over is a big deal. So. The lower that center of mass, the more stable the boat's going to be. So anything above the water line or above the center of mass, uh, the lighter you can make it, the more the more stable the boat's going to be, especially on like a big superboat like a, a cruise ship or even a big shipping uh, container boat. And you can probably have m- multiple layers, I would imagine, uh, in much the way that there are double-hulled um, metal uh and I believe currently, you know, fiberglass holes, you could have double or triple. Uh, you could have, can you have a um, a honeycomb-like structure? Can it be, can it, can it be uh, uh, designed so that uh, if you had uh, a, an exterior um, uh, hole, uh, it would not 
reach beyond uh, uh, sort of what, for lack of a better term, a, a cellular honeycomb-like area? Um, the honeycomb structures are, are pretty common in composites already. Um, one of the disadvantages uh, when you're doing a, an infusion is the honeycomb is just empty space. That resin will fill up and make it heavier because the resin is, is much heavier than the fiber itself. So one of the ways that we found to create that negative space for multi-layer holes and stuff like that uh, would be to make the sheets in separate pieces and then bond them together. So in steels, you in aluminums, you have welding. Our equivalent in composites is using the same materials that is in the resin, which is typically an epoxy, to bond these materials together, and you get just as strong of a bond as if you had welded two pieces of metal together. So who is it that, um, you know, I know that ESC Carbon uh, has focused on wheels and that there's a tremendous potential in that marketplace just because of the number of automobiles that are out there and because... Uh, I, I think you're probably around the corner from creating a, 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 a along with some very um, high-end, um, high-performing uh, wheels that are used in competitive uh, arenas. Um, I can see that you would uh, continue to work at creating a, uh, a product that is cost-effectively used um, in um, automobiles, uh where rather than $8,000, that cost would come down and be less of a significant part of the cost of a car. Um, but who else um, should be talking to you? Uh, uh, is it the transportation industry? Uh, um, again, we're, we, we, we are talking more than just wheels. Um, who would stand to benefit from giving ESE Carbon uh, or your parent company, ESE uh, Industries, a call? Who, who is it that uh, that you think are the wh- – where is the low-hanging fruit? Automotive is a big one, um, especially in large, large transportation, uh, business transportation, uh, industrial transportation. Um, the big tractor-trailer companies would be a big one for us. Uh, and then actually even on the utility side in power generation – uh, wind turbines, um, any kind of power generation where you've got to either turn a mass, water, hydro generation. Um, even uh, I know that there's been research or, or plans of, of even maybe flying um, uh, solar energy up above the air. Uh, if you've got to keep something in flight for a long time, I mean, efficiency is the, the, the game. Satellites, maybe. Uh, satellites, I mean, not as much just because once it's in orbit, it's, it's going to stay in orbit. So there are actually applications where the mass comes into an advantage. Uh, you wouldn't want to make a levee that's supposed to hold water back light where it would just easily bustle over. Um, so there are, there are a few applications where you, you do want that extra mass, but uh, there's, there's plenty more where the weight savings would always be an advantage. Um, you um, you studied at uh, Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech has a, a, a reputation for being one of the best uh, institutes for technology uh, in the world. Um, and what was your degree in? I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, I spent I spent four years at Georgia Tech, and then I spent an additional two years doing research um, uh, on a thesis that I wrote over at uh, Southern Polytechnic State University over in Marietta, uh, which is now Kennesaw State. Okay, uh, and before we get into that, I, I because I think that's a, a really sort of exciting area to, to talk about, um, and it's related to transportation. Uh, 
did you also get some exposure uh, uh, to areas um, that may have included uh, chemistry? Um, I know that uh, Georgia Tech has a plastics um, uh, department, or at least Absolutely, yeah. some coursework dedicated to, to plastics. And um, and I made this reference earlier to you being a modern day alchemist. I wonder if the early stages of thinking like an alchemist, you know, thinking uh, like a good mechanical engineer, but beyond uh, mechanical um, to other aspects um, of technology, in this case, related to uh, the manufacturing of products um, uh, from from carbon uh, composites. Um, did, did those seeds get planted when you were a tech? Uh, not as much. Um, I've had the opportunity to have some very interesting jobs prior to where I am now uh, that got me exposed to a lot of different things. Um, and even as a former entrepreneur myself, I mean, one of the big things to do is to make sure that you build the team with the skills to do X task. Um, so even within ESC, we're bringing in uh, amazing talent from, from Georgia Tech um, in material science and in mechanical engineering. Um, to help put together the, the I guess, the, the, what you like to say, the, the brain trust uh, of the, the greatest minds to, to, to come and solve these big solutions, uh, which I guess in a way is kind of alchemist. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, chemistry plays a huge role. Um, there's a lot to be done on the, on the chemical side. Um, as we start to grow, we want to be able to, to generate our own resin systems and generate our own fiber, um, where we can totally tailor, uh, truly make a fully engineered material. Well, um, being a, a good modern-day alchemist uh, with a company like ESE Carbon and with ESE Industries um, um, would seem to be a, um, a, a, a useful uh, skill to, to be thinking uh, in terms of multiple disciplines and working with people who are experts in multiple disciplines and be a, and you know part of that alchemy uh, uh, is extended to to the way in which you harness that larger uh, brain trust and uh, I have the sense that uh, you probably are a good guy to uh, lead um, technology uh, research and manufacturing projects. Uh, any advice for um, a young uh, student that is thinking they might want a future uh, in technology um, advice that might uh, carry them to um, a Texas Tech, um, a Georgia Tech, a uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, a Caltech, an MIT, uh, all, you know, good technology programs? Sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things, uh, as I am a person who does interview a lot of engineers, and I have been for a while, uh, is find out what you're best at and get some experience. Um, internships are crucial. Uh, I was lucky in the internships that I had. I had a lot of uh, very good bosses uh, that told me I was wrong. And as an engineer, the first thing you got to learn how to do is learn how to be wrong. Uh, so don't be afraid to make mistakes uh, and figure out what you're the best at and what you're most passionate about and go after that. Uh, I myself, uh, I turned out to be pretty good at the, at the systems level. Um, I'm, a, I'm a decent engineer, uh, but uh, understanding the system as a whole has uh, led me to the ability to, to manage these larger teams in, in, these, in these big, daunting tasks. Well, 
Blake, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on to the business hour. You've you shed um, some light on the uh, the field of, of uh, technology dedicated to uh, carbon fiber, uh, carbon fiber composites. Uh, you shed some light on what ESE Carbon and ESE Industries does to uh, to maintain a leading edge uh, in that field. And uh, you know, we've talked about. Uh, the lowly wheel, uh, which has been around for centuries and is never, in my opinion, going to go out of style. So building a better wheel out of carbon composites is a, uh, a quite a contribution to be making. Thank you for taking the time to come on the program. No, thank, you, thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you and hear you online and on the air next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.